to another episode of Inspire for Five, where we get to speak to inspirational people from all over the globe. Today, we're talking to two innovative entrepreneurs who have planet Earth at the heart of everything they do. We're talking to Blake Cassidy, who's co-founder of Matter, and Martin McGinty, who's MD and co-founder of Matter. And they're going to be talking today about five key things to lighten our footprint on planet Earth. Martin and Blake, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. Thank you very much for having us. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having us. Uh, our absolute pleasure. So you guys um, were with us in the in the Global Impact Challenge. So we've had some time to get to know um, about the remarkable work uh, that you do with Matter. Um, and you were recently in the XTC uh, Grand Final, and you know, in the in the pitch. And we met you at West Tech Fest. So you've been. Um, doing the rounds and you are very much involved in the startup scene. How did Matter actually start? Like how did you get together and decide this was something that you wanted to put your everything into? Yeah, good question. Um, I was working with Marty doing uh, consulting to early stage tech companies. Um, Marty had a development firm and we came across a, a guy named Len Luxford who was the visionary founder of Matter and he was developing the world's smallest uh, and most scalable waste sensor with the view of helping everybody um, manage their waste better and reduce their waste. And my background is in sustainable urban planning, and I was working in tech. And Marty's background was in management consultant, and working with large uh, technology companies. And we could see the prevalence of smart cities and sustainability um, growing and growing, and it's uh, just saying that we wanted to get involved in, and, and the rest is history. Marty, have you got anything to add to that? To the rest is history story, because yeah, I, I, I love those ground stories. It's a good, it's, it's a good intro. Yeah, we were we were in the blockchain space, so we we, we had a blockchain startup, and we were building um, blockchain solutions for 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 businesses. Um, and one of the, the the customers that came through our, our door was was Len. Um, and Len wanted to, um, with his with his waste sensor, you know, look at um, what the blockchain could do around um, the the carbon from waste, and then coming up with um, you know carbon carbon credits and, and, and different uh, innovative things that we could capture on the blockchain. And we had many conversations around it, and then we decided that uh, what what we must do is start with uh, a much narrower story, uh, leave the blockchain to one side, and just just start with the mission of, of helping people um, measure uh, and therefore manage uh, their waste in, in order to, to reduce it and the harmful impacts that it has uh, on the planet when it, when, it, when it ends up in landfill. So the more we got to, to dis discuss the project with Len, uh, the more we fell in love with it uh, and the more time we wanted to, to, to dedicate it to it. And that's what's, uh, that's what's brought us uh, here today. It's what, what brought us to the, the Extreme Tech Challenge um, and to, to meeting you guys from, from Singularity. So, um, yeah, we're very excited to be here and very thanks, thankful to you guys for the, the opportunities that you've, you've given us so far. We're very excited to have you um, in, our, in our fold, I guess, which, is, which may not be the right, the right word. But um, so lightening our footprint on planet Earth is, uh, is such a priority and one of the global grand challenges. And you've got five tips, five key things that we can do as individuals to help do that, to help make that a reality. Um, and you've mentioned that education is extremely important and I will absolutely back that 100% of the way. So can you just expand on 
how you get involved with education um, around the whole waste idea and the, and the whole preservation um, for Yeah, of course. So I guess it starts, um, I studied in Sweden and I um, saw that, you know, these guys were working towards really sustainable cities and it, it was all because of education. They were all recycling um, very proficiently uh, and they all understood that they had to take some responsibility around um, their personal waste. And they had the infrastructure um, to enable them to be able to um, recycle almost everything um, that they were throwing out. And after coming back to Australia, it seemed that there was really a lack of, of knowledge around this. People um, not knowing you know, which bin to put things in, all different councils, recycling different types of plastics, which made it confusing. And even the people that should know didn't really didn't really know um, and couldn't couldn't pass on great advice. So at the moment, the way how education works around waste is that the local governments, um, they employ waste education officers and they try to educate the community in a myriad of different ways. And, and some of these is uh, like posting out um, information pamphlets. Uh, other, other ways is doing um, more hands-on education by checking bins and leaving notes um, such as smiley faces and frown, frown faces for good behaviours and bad behaviours. Um, they call this bin tagging and, and bin auditing. But, you know, it's really difficult and it's really expensive to be able to um, send people around and do this kind of tailored education. And I think where we come in is that, you know, we're able to collect data on um, a personal level um, with our sensors having putting them inside residential wheelie bins. And this creates a new paradigm for how education uh, for municipal waste can be done. So for the first time ever, it can be tailored, um, which means we can understand not just how much um, everyone produces on average, but how much everyone produces uh, and, you know, the quality of that waste. So, you know, through mobile applications and, and, and different mechanisms, we're able to... Uh, give positive reinforcement uh, around um, their waste journey or, um, you know, give them some stern warnings. Uh, and that's and something that you said earlier, and I know this is the, at the crux of matter, but, you know, what gets measured can get managed. Uh, so you're very much into, the, into that management measurement um, arena. What do you say to people who are, who are quite sceptical about the recycling because like we've been recycling forever uh, mm. and but people say oh you don't know where it goes and it's just landfill and it's going to China and China's not taking it and you know mm. and and you can't recycle everything and if it's not washed blah 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 what do you say education wise to to the environmental waste recycling skeptics yeah you're certainly right and there's been a lot of issues over the last decade um you know, with recycling going to Southeast Asia and just being buried um, and bad actors in the waste and recycling industry where they're saying they're um, recycling it and it's just going to landfill. Um, but it's really about, I think, uh, first of all, doing your research and, hey, if you're going to drop off your e-waste somewhere, make, it, make sure it's somewhere that processes it locally or, you know, just a little bit of... Um, research around can I if I can't put my soft plastics in the recycling bin 
can I take this somewhere? And is it processed locally? Is there accountability there? Um, but, you know, just putting it into the bin and, and not knowing where it ends up, um, I think, yeah, can be an issue, but I'm sure with a little bit of research, um, you can get some peace of mind. Love that. So there's that, there's that um, taking it on ourselves as well. Um, Marty, data feedback loops are very important in this whole process. Can you fill us in on just how that works? Yes, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, you just you just kind of used a, a sort of a catchphrase that we've latched on to, which is, you know, what gets gets measured gets managed. And that sort of speaks to this idea of um, requiring, you know, we as humans require feedback loops to, to reinforce behaviours. So if we're looking at, um, you know, waste reduction as a behaviour change piece, um, so one of the key tenets that we've sort of looked at is um, nudge theory um, from Dr. Richard Thaler. Um, and there's a really great book on that, which talks about um, the different um, kind of nudges or behavioural nudges that um, have, have companies and, and governments have put in place over, over the years um, to, to help people um, understand firstly, that their own behaviours and then be able to, to, to make changes accordingly. And a, a classic example or the one that, that always sticks with me is the, um, the smiley face in the, in the 40, 40 kilometre per hour uh, zone at, at schools. Um, and, and what's happening there is that they're not, um, they're not giving you any information that you don't already have and because you already know from your speedometer uh, how fast you're going. They're simply presenting that information to you in a different way, and 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 by doing so, what the what the results show is that not just in the in the forty kilometer per hour zone does um, the speed get reduced, but even um, some kilometers after that, in some of the tests that they've done, um, speed is reduced there as well, and it's that lasting effect um, that it has on on the brain and the psyche. So, um, sort of latching onto this this nudge theory and, and feedback loops. We've developed an app um, to present um, for the first time people's um, how much uh, landfill they're they're putting out, and so that they can get a notification to say, "Hey, you've you've you know you've done you've done fifty liters um, this week of, of landfill. Um, this is the this is the second most you, you've ever done in any week. And here's a here's a silver medal and what about a confetti on your app that that makes you feel good about yourself. So so we talk about incentives incentives. Can be you know financial, environmental, but but they not not they don't necessarily have to be. We, we can draw upon gamification principles um, to, to to offer feedback feedback loops um, to people. And a further point I'd like to make on that is uh, around people doing people doing the right the right thing. So if you look at your your water bill or your electricity bill, um, one of the interesting features on that is that the um, they offer uh, uh, an insight into where you compare with the average. Uh, are you above the norm? Are you below the norm? And without that sort of benchmarking, it's very difficult to, in kilowatt hours or, you know, another measurement that you might not be familiar with to um, understand if you're performing well or not. And by providing that benchmark, it allows you to see uh, where you're at. And we just simply haven't had that for waste. You know, nobody has really any idea about uh, how 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 well they're doing, uh, and that's something that we are looking to address um, with our application. 
Love that and love the way that data is actually finding um, its feet in a lot of different industries now and we're, we're actually using it for good, which is fantastic. Um, Blake, we were talking earlier about environmental incentives. So what what part do you think environmental incentives play in this whole data feedback loop, the education, uh, you know, the, the whole purpose behind matter and what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, certainly. Um, environmental incentives, I guess, are more focused on um, people's uh, social responsibility uh, and everyone wants to reduce waste or reduce their impact, um, but often they don't know how or don't have the tools or there isn't the infrastructure around them to be able to um, uh, reduce their waste. Uh, you know, there's 30% of our, uh, we can all do simple things, 30% of our um, household waste is um, food scraps, you know, and once food scraps is buried, uh, it turns into methane, which is, you know, orders of magnitude um, stronger than CO2, uh, and you're simply putting that into a compost bin can substantially reduce um, individual householders' um, footprint. And, you know, here in Western Australia, and I know in other states, there's been um, big pushes for there to be a third bin um, on curbside collection where it goes, uh, it doesn't go to landfill, it's diverted for compost. Um, and then that's used in agriculture or on for municipal parks and stuff like this. And this is really important, particularly as we move towards a point, an inflection point where our um, waste stream is turning into a commodity stream and our it needs to be clean so that we can use this commodity effectively and it can um, contribute to a circular economy. Now, coming back to um, the environmental incentives, you know, um, it's not just uh, the economics of it. Uh, can we um, produce a product out of this? But uh, it's also that people um, sincerely want to reduce their footprint. Which is absolutely fantastic. So, and that's, so I guess that's where your education comes in um, and I love what matter does with the with the whole measurement because then you start and I love actually what you said before um, Blake about the smiley faces and knowing whether I did better than I did the month before and uh, just you know and it, it made me think when you were when you were speaking about the data feedback loop how I feel when my watch tells me that I've completed my exercise cycle for the day you know it's like that wow yes I've achieved um, something so the same kind of principle with that data feedback loop uh, but let's talk about financial incentive Marty because I know there's a little bit of financial incentive happening around um, around lightening our footprint so what are you finding in that arena? Yeah sure um, you know we've, we've, we've left financial incentive to number four because we like to think that you know people want to do the right thing and want to do the right thing for the planet and the right thing by the environment. Um, but anyone who's ever um, been running running late for the, 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 the parking meter um, when the ticket's about to expire uh, knows that um, a financial incentive is, is quite a strong, uh, is, is quite a strong factor in, in, in affecting behaviours. I love, the, uh, I love these these strong images that you're, like I just see me running now, like I've, you had me looking at my watch before, now I see me running to the parking meter. I, I, absolutely. So um, for, all we, for all we want to do the right thing, we know that humans are innately um, uh, respond to, to financial incentives. Um, and I think that what that does is provides opportunities um, for, for local government and councils to, to reward 
um, reward good behaviours um, in order to fulfil uh, the objectives that, that, that they want to from an environmental sense. Um, and we've, we've looked at different ways um, that we could we could make that happen. One of the one of the uh, questions we often get asked is, okay, if you're going to move towards, you know, an idea that, um, you know, if you leave your shower on, you pay for more water. If you leave your aircon on, you pay for, for more electricity. How is that going to work for waste? You know, why would I not, you know, why why would I not just go and put my, my rubbish in my neighbor's bin? If, if you're going to reward me on waste, why would I not just go and do that? So we actually try and make that process very difficult. Um, and the way we structure the financial incentives is to say the baseline um, average is that um, a household puts out 5,000 uh, litres of waste a year. So we annualise the incentivization period um, to say, OK, if you get down to 4,000, or you, you know, trying to lose 4,000, then incentive one can kick in on your, on your rates. If you get down to 3,000, you know, annualised, you can get the next incentive uh, down your rates. So by, by smoothing out the, the sort of bumps, if someone would have to be really, really determined uh, every single week to take the, the rubbish out and put it in the neighbor's bins to, 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 to game the system. Um, so we, we, we've spoken to councils about, okay, how can we sort of structure this so that we can move to a fairer way where, of, of billing, whereby, you know, if you're constantly doing the right thing through recycling, you're scraping the peanut butter out the jar, before you chuck it in the, the and you manage to recycle it instead of putting it in the landfill, we want to re reward those sort of behaviours, and we're working with councils to to look at how do we how do we do that over a, a sort of annual period that enables them to to, to realise future financial benefits for those behaviours. That's amazing, and you just made me start thinking about um, potentially different reward systems where. It might not be a direct financial reward system, but it could be two tickets to the movies or something, yeah. uh, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's a great um, a great way to lighten our footprint and to give people that extra incentive as well. Uh, so, and there's kind of badges of honour as well. You know, I think people, you know, want to be, you know, sure that they're, 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 they've done the right thing. So there's different sort of badges of honour that you get, a, you know, a, a keep cup, that you know shows that you know issued by the council. There's all sorts of different ways that we can, uh, you know, you can be proud about your own personal waste reductions and 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 the sort of contribution that you've made to uh, the impact and on, on, on the positive impact on the planet. So so yeah, there's, there's there's various ways that we can tie that in. Love it, absolutely love it. Um, and the fifth point of how we can lighten our footprint is the P word, the policy word. Um, Blake, what can you tell us about policy and where it's going, uh, especially in our own country? Yeah, um, it's been really interesting. So we've seen a massive push over the last couple of years to policies um, incorporating circular economy principles. Uh, and this is across government from federal to state and even locally. And uh, I might say that it's also outside of government, in our organisations, they're bringing on board these ideas as they um, filter down. Uh, the policies um, are all pointing in one direction, you know, how do we reduce waste? How do we clean our recyclables? Um, you know, how, we, we want to collect better data to be able to do these things. Um, so there's really uh, a movement that's been a long time coming that's um, really starting to 
represent itself in, in infrastructure projects um, and uh, in, in the reduction of waste. Uh, and I think what's interesting is that many of these things filter down, or particularly the newer policies, from um, the SDG goals. And, you know, there's a, a big push through them to be able to create more sustainable cities. And uh, it's saying that we support it matter and, um, and measure ourselves against our impact. Um, but, you know, it's not just happening with us, it's happening across um, the whole community. Yeah, and if I, can, if I can just jump in on that one as well, one of the big policy changes that we've seen that everybody's heard of is the plastic bag one at the supermarkets. Mm. So that was one where we said, right, we simply are not going to let supermarkets give out plastic bags anymore. Um, that, that's going to be something that has to be paid for. And there's been a bit of controversy, obviously, whether, whether or not supermarkets are using that to, to profiteer or whether or not they're, they're actually um, doing that for the right reasons. But what that actually shows us is that if, if if we can kind of lean on and um, policies whereby you know um, you know boxes packaging and, and, and boxes that, that we use that can't be recycled and have to go to landfill if if if, if we can get a, a policy support uh, around that that enables people to make better decisions about what they buy because if in, in the absence of that policy um, in the, in the absence of that sort of, sort of um, political uh, um, uh, compliance uh, requirement, pe- 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 people will say, well, I don't have any other option. I, I can only buy stuff that goes to landfill and I can't, I can't make any, I can't take action. So we need, uh, as, as well as these other four things that we've mentioned, we need more rules like that, that plastic bag rule to help people out and, and give people the choices that they need to make uh, better purchasing decisions uh, at the supermarket and, and, and so forth. Love it. And I, I must say I was quite dumbfounded um, with the pushback when the supermarkets decided to get rid of the plastic bags and to, to charge a fee if you did it. Because we haven't been using plastic bags, like we were not using plastic bags for much, for longer than what we have been using plastic bags to actually take our, our shopping home in. So that, that was all a little... Um, dumbfounding for me, but uh, I just want to share with you in case you can use it. There was a many years ago in a in a different life when I was in film and television, we made a series of um, environmental rewarding uh, documentary style pieces around restaurants that were getting green certification. I'm wondering if that's something else that we can uh, potentially consider here that you become green certified, just like you can become B Corp certified. Mm-hmm. And we did we did a particular documentary on two restaurants. Actually, one of them were one restaurant uh, was serving um, breakfast and lunch and coffee and morning tea. They did they weren't doing dinner, and they had everything down pat. To they were throwing out half a garbage bin full of rubbish a day, which for a restaurant was quite a remarkable feat. They were recycling, they were um, composting, they were uh, um, rewarding staff who made who went the extra mile so that was one and there's another another restaurant and every aspect of the restaurant is they've built the restaurant um, on an environmental lean so that they would be have a very light footprint um, energy wise uh, you know fridge wise the the tie, the mat that you rubbed your feet on when you walked into the restaurant was made out of recycled rubber and would outlast anybody that ever walked into that restaurant so I, I you know there's that whole green certification 
um, that may equate to B sort of B Corp certification. I don't know, but you guys are so much leading um, in the arena. If you had one one major tip to leave people that are listening to this podcast with around the environment, what would it be? Blake, I'll go to you first. Um, I think it all starts with uh, a little bit more consciousness, you know, and then it snowballs from there. Start thinking about where this is going and the impact that it's having. And I think um, from there, um, you know, you start um, noticing um, better recycling habits and um, noticing different tools and what other people are doing. So, yeah, it certainly starts with just thinking about a little bit more. Yeah. And Marty, from you? Yeah, look, I, I I like to say that we're we're on a spectrum and we're we're on we're on a journey. Uh, if you look back, the, the example I sometimes use is if you look at smoking. You know, 10, 10 20 years ago, thirty years ago, there'd be people picking up the kids at daycare with a cigarette in their hand. Um, now that seems absolutely crazy that that would have ever happened. It wasn't that long ago. Mm. That, that did that smoking you know thankfully for for, for, for people uh, it has become a bit of a, a bit of a taboo and I see that we're, it's going to be the same thing um, as, as regards waste and, and recycling uh, using you know plastic cups and, and things that can't be uh, recycled I think that we need to understand um, we're on it we're on a journey and um, in five or ten years' time, we might be looking at people who go to food courts and, and use, you know, one-time plastic uh, containers to, to to grab the luncheon. Um, we might look at them the same way as we look at people who pick up the kids with a cigarette in their hands and um, from daycare. So I think it's about understanding that we're moving towards personal waste responsibility, whether we like it or not. And we, we just have to adapt and, and start to do the right thing. I love all the analogies that you and the, the stories that you bring in, um, your examples. Thank you. Thank you to both of you so much. If people want to find out about Matter, uh, where can they follow you, find out information about you? Yeah, definitely check out our website, uh, matter.city. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So, yeah, definitely. Matter Waste, then we, we pretty much um, show up. Still working on the SEO uh, Matter's pretty common name, but matter waste, and we 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 show up, and uh, yeah, you might you might you might uh, from from your own councils and local governments uh, start to see more of our sensors um, around the place, and we've also got um, a few more products up our sleeve um, that we've been working on that are going to make fairly seismic uh, impacts on the industry. So um, yeah, absolutely uh, count on everybody's um, support, and um, yeah, thanks for thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Uh, and we look forward very much to following um, all the developments that happen with Matter and how you are going about saving the planet. So thank you for joining us. That concludes another episode of Inspire for Five today. Join us again uh, in the future where we'll be bringing you inspirational people who can tell you about their exciting journeys into the future of how we're going to live our lives. Thanks again for joining us, um, Marty and Blake from uh, from Matter, and we look forward to seeing you uh, and your future developments. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. Cheers.